0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, lift off. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful?
1: I'm sorry, I don't know anything about that.
2: Live from the Stamp Show today, News Desk, where we are going to drop a philatelic bomb on Stamps.com. This is the award-winning Stamp Show here today, episode number 266, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a non-profit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Scott. This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Stan. This is Becca. This is Tony. Well, we're going to have a shout-out today to Mr. Van Dyke who wrote us a letter and sent us, I believe, a check. A $10 check. A $10 check. He said, just started listening to podcasts and delighted with yours. Already learned I can list my eBay listings on hip stamps and uh, learned that it was crystal mounts that leave shiny spots on the gum side of a large bird topical collection he recently bought. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. But now you know.
3: Certificate of uh, membership is in the mail. Yep, Suitable for framing.
2: But not required. So breaking news today. There was a 48-year-old man from York, Pennsylvania, who is going to serve up to 30 months in prison and 30 years of probation after pleading guilty to charges that he was part of a conspiracy to steal thousands of dollars worth of postage stamps from various Pennsylvania post offices. The man has also agreed to repay the United States Postal Service $105,875 in restitution as part of his plea agreement.
1: That's an oddly specific amount.
2: (laughs) He pleaded guilty to stealing government property and criminal conspiracy and was sentenced on Tuesday by Chief District Court Judge John E. Jones III. And apparently, it's not in the story, but I I did read that story, and uh, I believe he was writing knowingly bad checks to buy stamps.
3: Ah, so he would bounce a check, then take the stamps and sell the stamps. Probably. Yeah.
2: So that's hmm. probably why the odd amount. They probably had all his uh, bounced checks plus all the bounced check fees. So that
1: makes sense.
2: I have seen. But thirty th- months. Yeah. Holy cow! Thirty years probation? No, no three years. years. Three years. Yeah. Not thirty. You said thirty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said thirty months in three years. Thirty months no. in prison. You said three years in prison right. and 30 and then, yeah, months probation. Yeah, you said years <laughs> Oh, you, you said switched the numbers. Probations. Wow, did I? <laughs> yeah, okay, did. I'm, ter- I'm terrible. Excuse me. Serve up to 30 months in prison and three years of probation. <laughs> there.
1: I never heard of 30 years probation <laughs> yeah, before. That's a long probation. That's a long probation.
2: <laughs>
0: Although it'll take that long <laughs> like, to pay wow. back 105000 Yeah.
2: <laughs> Our next breaking news story... Our next breaking news story, <laughs> Stamps.com customized postage to end on June 16th. Boom. There goes your philatelic bomb. Uh, d- 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 uh, from Lynn's Magazine, the idea of photo stamps was an outgrowth of a 1999 concept for bland postage indicia printed on personal computers called PC postage. In 2004, Stamps.com introduced a revolutionary product to replace those PC indicia. Photo stamps, it said, will allow consumers to turn digital photos, designs, or images into valid U.S. postage. This was the whole thing of, you know, put your own face on your stamp kind of thing. I did it. I
1: did it for both my kids when they were born. Yeah, until somebody sent in a picture of Hitler and wanted to do that. (coughs) Or other obnoxiously offensive things.
2: For the first time ever, people can create customized postage using pictures of their children, pets, vacations, celebrations, and more. Including uh, Nazi leaders of the 1930s. Photo stamps can be used as regular postage to send letters, postcards, or packages. In 2012, Stamps.com was presented with a USPS Mail Technology Award for the company's commitment to a successful business partnership with the Postal Service. In retrospect, the agency's approval may not have been wholehearted. Stamps.com has challenged the United States Postal Service's decision to end the company's customized postage program, arguing the decision should be delayed for two years to give incoming Postmaster General Louis DeJoy a chance to review the issue. In a proceeding before the Postal Regulatory Commission, the California company stated, we believe it is in the interest of all parties and the general public for the program to continue. The company, which is the only maker of the personalized stamp like Indicia in the United States, disclosed the Postal Service's intention to eliminate the program in a recent financial report. The USPS ordered Stamps.com to end its production of customized postage effective June 16th. In a May 17th filing with the Commission, Stamps.com said that the elimination of the customized stamp program. Violates the Postal Service's own rules and suggested the agency has a customized postage option of its own, which it is not eliminating. The USPS calls its customized postage the Picture Permit Imprint Indicia program, which was introduced in 2012. We believe some in the Postal Service were motivated in the decision to eliminate customized postage by a desire to avoid competition with commemorative stamps, stamps Stamps.com said in the filing.
3: I was just going to say that same thing. Stamps.com said its product
2: known as Photo Stamps has advantages over the Postal Service's commemorative stamps. For example, a love stamp is not a satisfactory substitute for a photo from a couple's proposal or a favorite photo together, Stamps.com said. Similarly,
3: that sounded. What the hell was
2: that? That was
3: a really poor bomb.
4: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sounded more like a firecracker. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: If
0: you want something realistic, get some footage from Portland.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Similarly, the Scooby Doo stamp is not the same as customized postage of the birthday boy or a beloved pet. The company's filing, signed by Nicholas Barranca. Vice President of Government Affairs for Stamps.com disputed some of the Postal Service's reasoning for dropping the program. It noted that Stamps.com pays the USPS a $325,000 licensing fee for the program and benefits from the program because a large portion of the postage is never used at all. Like caches, Like mine, yeah. After careful consideration, the Postal Service has concluded that the customized postage program constitutes an unacceptable risk to our legal brand and business interests that outweighs any countervailing benefits. Given the program's declining demand, its insignificant contribution to the Postal Service's revenues and the availability of alternatives, he said. So to us stamp collectors, this does not mean that the collecting interest is dead and Stamps.com is not only is not the only stamps listed in the Scott Catalog.
3: Hmm.
1: Zazzle comes to mind. Wonder what happened to them.
3: There are no Zazzle stamps listed in the Scott's Catalog. And they are out there.
2: Well, they are out there, Yeah, but they should be. Hmm. One CVP in the Scott's Catalog is NeoPost number one CVP one in 2000. Pitney Bowes is 1CVP59 from 2006. Endicia is 1CVP107 and 107A in 2009. The rest are almost all Stamps.com, which makes up the bulk of the listings from number 1CVP2 to 1CVP108. And this goes from
3: 2002 to 2011. I wonder why the Scott Catalog stops in 2011 and... Well, I believe the Scott Catalog only lists
1: uh, issues that have stock items or stock photos.
3: No, 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 no. Because read the next one.
2: The first list for personalized stamps is 1CVP60 in 2006. And Stamp.com adds four ninety-nine per sheet for personalization.
3: So the Scott's catalog does list the personalized stamps and it's a uh, one CVP 60. Actually, this is incorrect. It's one CVP 60 and 61. One is a vertical and one's a horizontal, but yeah, I, I, it stops at 2011. And I do believe that uh, Zazzle started in either 2013 or 2014. So, uh, these are collectible. They are listed in the Scotts catalog. The first ones are just like barcodes with names on them. And that continues for quite a while until you start seeing pictures. And then the pictures are just little like line drawings. They had a presidential series where they show all the presidents, but they're just like drawings of the president. And it's in blue ink instead of black, black ink. So uh, the personalized stamps, until you hit, like, number 50, they're all, it's like a pre-printed reply envelope returns. I mean, they really are boring and just computer jargon. But they are incredibly rare. Just not incredibly expensive. Well, the supply is very scarce. The demand is very scarce. So the value is not there, but if this ever does catch on, you know you, it would be smart to find these, throw them in a box, and in twenty years see if anybody collects them.
1: That's kind yeah. of what I've been doing.
3: Yeah, oh really?
1: I think I've got eight or ten.
0: Oh crap! Because I've been taking uh, mint um, personalized posters like that and just using it for postage. Forty years. All
1: mine are used. Forty mm. years ago, uh,
0: test
4: coils going back to the twenties and thirties were the same way. They nobody had a way to price them. So you would buy them and throw them literally in a in a cigar box or something, and so you wouldn't have to look at them again until they finally got listed.
3: Yeah, and now they're <laughs> the early ones are very valuable.
4: And some of the same with some of the early some of the early private vending stamps um, um, they didn't list Seattleboro coil until well into the 1990s, and it was considered a philatelic issue until they thought about it and they said, well, a lot of these were used philatelically, so they, they listed it. So now a usage on a wrapper is $5,000.
3: Well, for, for the uh, CVP stamps, the one that I see all the time, because it's like a generic, is the high-value American flag one. It's got an American flag. That's very common, and you see it for all sorts of high denominations. But the low stuff, I, I pulled all the Spider-Man ones. All the Spider-Mans that I saw, I grabbed. And that's a grand sum total of three. That's it. Just three Spider-Man stamps I got.
2: Our last story, U.S. Postal Service owed $28 million for COVID-19 postcard mailing. And, wow, this is from May 29th. This is an old article.
3: Actually, this is two articles combined, and they're both from Lynn's. But the first one is from May 29th. Well, President
2: Trump is facing a $28 million postage due bill.
3: Well, not Trump, <laughs> but the government is facing a $28 million postage due bill.
2: That's how much the United States Postal Service said May 29th that the administration and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention owe for that massive postcard mailing to 138 million addresses with guidance for facing the coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak.
3: Oh, hold on. I want to...
2: 138 million minus one that cash didn't get.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I want to thank everybody because, you know, I, I announced on the podcast, I had been looking for literally months to try to get one of these postcards. Then we mentioned it on the podcast and listeners sent, I got eight of them in the mail. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. I mean, it really, it really helps out a lot.
2: Well, the USPS agreed to help with the mailing to fulfill our role as a provider of essential government services and to assisting the administration in whatever way we can during this national emergency. But the statement also noted that the USPS receives no tax dollars for its operations, and it has to negotiate a settlement of its postage and printing costs. The printing tab of $4.6 million for the postcards is part of the $28 million the USPS is seeking. The mail created controversy when some critics complained that it mentioned President Trump's name in large type. A spokesperson for the United States Postal Service said every residential location, including P.O. boxes in the U.S., except Cash's house, <laughs> in the U.S. were sent the postcard. There were 130 million advisories sent, according to the spokesperson.
3: Yeah, I saw several of these posts on Facebook also. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about postage due because this is normal. I mean, everybody's saying, oh, my God, Trump is like uh, stiffened the post office for $28 million and stuff. This is absolutely normal. The Reader's Digest is the biggest one that uh, had this occur throughout the 1940s and 1950s. And what they would do is they would ship all their Reader's Digest to the post office and then the post office would send them all to wherever they were going and then the Reader's Digest would get a bill and they would then say, oh, you owe $22,000. And they would literally get five sheets full sheets of $5 and $1 postage due stamps and just canceled the whole sheets full original gum and everything they're just canceled and uh somebody in like the 1950s found all these bills and they that's how they got into the postal stream and uh, Albert you've seen some of these Yeah
4: I've seen a number of them well we, there's there's a lot of mint never there's a lot of mint mitnev- never hinged used yeah. postage <laughs> dues um we get at psc we get submitted a, a very common one we seem to see, see a lot of is uh, the 30 cent uh, j57 the perf 10 posters do, and it has a blue blue crayon line which is used but people try to remove the blue crayon line and send it in 30 and, and them, the 50 cent yeah.
1: are both uh big targets for that but, uh,
3: yeah. but but they're used and these came from big sheets right yeah and, and they just broke up the sheets and tried to remove the crayon lines Yeah, so uh, the postage due, it's an interesting story, um, how it started and then how it changed because the way that it started is not how after World War I the uh, postage due system really operated. In the beginning, if you sent a letter and it was three cents and then they had to forward it, you had to pay another three cents. Well, they stuck a three cent postage due stamp on it and then the person at the other end had to pay for that stamp so they were actually selling the stamps after world war 1 it turned more into accounting paper where very rarely actually did this postage due stamps go on an envelope i don't know i grew up
1: we had a, i lived on a rural route for post op, for post office delivery and you know the, the the delivery driver used their own car, and they would throw the mail in the box. And I remember as a child, see it, every once in a while, I'd see a little envelope, postage due, and my parents would put a few pennies or dimes in the, in, the, in the envelope and stick it back in the box for the carrier the next day. Because the carrier would actually, but the letters would actually have the postage due stamps on them. Oh yeah. Usually, and that's also how you. Sometimes the carrier would just put regular stamps on there, and uh, and and leave it. And I mean, of course, you could probably stiff the carrier if you wanted to. But w- nope. Where I grew up, people didn't.
4: No, you y- know, people were honest, and you didn't stiff the carrier because it came out <laughs> of the carrier's pocket, and you heard about yeah. it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, these yeah. are the these uh, are the you people. Could, but those are the people at Christmas time that you leave a you leave a gift yeah. in the mailbox. <laughs> but
1: I mean,
3: where I grew up, people didn't do that. You know, no, they, they didn't. They, they just they paid their bills, and we always gave Christmas but, gifts to the postman and be- the paper boy, and because the postman would front you the money that you could pay him again, because otherwise it's like. You'd get the little slip. It says you owe five cents. You'd have to go down to the post office. Well, before we
1: moved out to the country, we had a post. The postman would actually walk from house to house to house, just like the paper boy, and he would put the pa- mail in the mailbox. And so you knew your mailman. Yep. And, yeah. you, and you knew about what time he was going to come by every day, and so you put the dog in the in the house, or and but you'd leave him. You you knew him, so you'd leave him a Christmas gift or whatever.
3: Yep. And that's actually how it started is, uh, you know, you would put these stamps on so that the people would know that they owed three cents. I mean, today, if you have postage due, which rarely you do, they just let it go through.
1: Now just about everybody has cluster boxes. Yeah. If you have a fairly new house.
3: You'd get a little sticky note on it saying you owe 57 cents. And uh, you just have to go up and pay for it. And then you get your letter. And for 57 cents, I'm sure the post office says this just isn't worth it. But yeah, the uh, early postage dues, I love collecting postage dues on cover. But like I said, if you want something over a five cent postage due on cover, it's incredibly difficult after, I'd say, uh, World War I after 1919. It's uh, very difficult to find high values because most of these were, like Albert said, you know, full sheets that they'd crayon through or something.
4: Well, the earlier the earlier high values are mostly parcel pieces that uh, that uh, carried large things, and that that's where they needed the large amounts of postage due. I think I have one thirty cent brown on a postage to, on a postage due cover, but the, the cover's this big, <laughs> so it carried it carried just massive amounts of weight in it. So he, that's why they he needed held it. up his hands so that everybody
1: could see. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now there it's about shoulder width.
3: So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That, that's a uh, technical measurement, isn't it? Shoulder yes. width worth of stamps.
1: Yes. But, it, I mean, it gives a, <laughs> gives you an idea of how far his hands
3: were apart. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I have seen tags with some high values on them. But I have never seen, like, an actual envelope. Because, especially when you're, like, from the 1870s. Fifty cents going through my head real quick. That should be about sixty or seventy bucks that you know postage due. I bought a collection of
1: covers once with, uh, they were all postage due envelopes. Oh. and I had uh, from all over the world. I I had one Japanese one from the eighteen nineties. I ended up selling it for I don't know three or four hundred dollars. But I didn't realize it was post. You know, I guessed it was postage due because I couldn't read the the, <laughs> the kanji. But um, I guessed because the rest of the collection was all postage due.
3: Yeah, there's some neat stuff. Uh, Canal Zone has the overprints. Uh, Hawaii never came out with a postage due stamp. Uh, Let's see what other possessions Guam never. In. I think Canal Zone F- F- is the only F- one. Philippines, oh, Philippines. Philippines
4: and Cuba both have postage dues, uh, as well right, as Puerto, right. as well as Puerto Rico.
3: Yeah.
4: Finding the Puerto Rico of, uh, postage dues on cover properly used is very, especially the high value ten cent is very tough.
0: Well, yeah. Um, did anybody notice that uh, eBay changed their their notification email when you sell something?
3: No, I didn't. I haven't seen anything
1: change. No, uh, I haven't seen anything change in the notification. It's the same email I've been getting.
0: Because right, mine, uh, mine changed as of today, where instead of showing the entire, um, uh, the entire uh, description, the header, they only show a portion of it and they put dot, dot, dot for the rest of it. So if you're trying to use your notification email and copy and paste, for for uh, accounting purposes you don't get the full you don't get the full message
3: uh, it is interesting i'm looking at one right now <clears throat> hmm
0: so here's mine well i haven't gotten one this week yeah so yeah i've got the same thing here except it.
3: mine's in the title yeah. yeah so well i'm just glad that they're uh, not going to charge you 25 cents per item they're going to charge you 25 cents per order Oh, they changed that? with their man. Well, supposedly, yes, but the the actual management program doesn't go into effect until, I think, October. Ah. It might be November, but I think it's October. So, you know, everybody's getting the dirty messages saying, you must sign up quickly and stuff like that. So it's like, eh, okay, whatever it is, I'm going to pay it. I may complain, but I'll, I'll pay it. I think we're petering out. I think we're past petering.
1: <laughs> While well, we have a lull, shouldn't we all wish
2: Cash a happy birthday?
3: We could. <laughs> yes. That'll, be on, sad- that'll be on Saturday. That'll be
2: on That'll be on Saturday, though.
3: Saturday. Everybody, sing to me. Come right. on, come on. Ah, you, nah. you. <laughs> we don't want to pay a nickel to oh ask. Oh my God. It. Oh man. Here,
2: I'll sing for you. Anything you can do, I can do
3: better. better. Yes, you can. Happy
2: happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday.
3: Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Well, we need your help. Join the podcast. Membership is $10 for a lifetime. We need your help to keep us going because nothing on the Internet is free, including setting up all of our wonderful stuff. If you are an APS member, please send us your membership number. We are an APS-affiliated club. Our address is P.O. Box 539-309, Henderson, Nevada, 89053, and your support is very much appreciated. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, episode number 266. This was Tom. This was Cash. This was Scott. This was Mark. This was Albert. This was Stan. This was Becca. This This was Tony. (laughs) Amazing, isn't it? You have been listening to Stamp Show Here Today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at Today at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting.
3: Collecting happens when we dream together.